0: discipline, courage, success, endurance. Strength, kindness, courage, humble. Spot Barber Academy, June 19th, 2023. Intentional conversations with community leaders getting real about race, Relationships, but most importantly, the human resource. Let's go. Building trust, building relationships celebrating humanity. On this Juneteenth, it is not lost on any of us on the need, the importance, of building positive relationships with our law enforcement community. I'm pleased to be joined today on this Juneteenth with my brother, Chief of Police for the City of Doral Police Department, Chief Evan Lopez. Chief, it's good to see you, brother. Likewise, thank you. Thank you for having me. Always, and congratulations. You were sworn in less than what six months ago or was my time frame right about five months ago about five months ago so uh, how's the transition been because obviously you spent a number of years as chief of police for the miami-dade school police department i mean the largest school police department i think in the united states uh, keep me honest on that but now uh, obviously being the chief of police here in the city of Doral.
1: yeah it's been amazing i mean i i reflect back to my time uh with the miami-dade schools police and had some amazing years there worked with some amazing people Worked directly with kids for many years, uh, kind of changing the mindset, really impacting the the school-to-prison pipeline and, and and changing that that mindset, uh, that negative view that students and children and ju- juveniles in general had toward law enforcement. So that was an amazing time there. Worked with amazing leaders, amazing superintendents, and. Uh, was able to fortunately transition to, to the Doral Police Department. Again, provides me an opportunity to impact the department in a different way, create a new mission, a new, uh, mission and vision for the department. And I'm excited. It's been awesome. I've met a ton of cool people over here. Doral has over 20 schools, so I can still stay involved with, the, with, with today's youth, but also use the same skill sets and things that work in that environment on a citywide approach now. So uh, it's awesome. I've had, I've had a great time.
0: Well, it starts with you. It starts with leadership. I mean, I've known you for a number of years. We've had a friendship for a number of years. And, but the bottom line is you lead with uh, wanting to build those relationships. And when we think about racism, the ugliness of racism, it's still prevalent today. We can't sit here. I would love to sit here and say, Chief, I'm so glad we've eradicated racism. We go back to 1863, Emancipation Proclamation, 1865, Juneteenth, Galveston, Galveston Texas. Uh, folks, two years after the president declared freedom, People were still enslaved. So when we think about racism in 2023, what do you see? And you've come, you've worked directly with kids in schools and you've been police chief in various departments. How do we continue, how do we just battle the divisiveness of racism, Chief?
1: It, it's never quitting. Because uh, to eradicate anything with 100% certainty, whether it's racism or whether it's crime, it's, it's impossible. Uh, but to never feel comfortable, to never quit, to never Stop pushing that 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 vision. Um, I think it's the way to go. I think we've made leaps and bounds. Um, are we there yet? Absolutely not. Uh, but I think because we're having this conversation, because we're able to to you know through the Bigs and Blue program mentor those, those those students, and they get to see folks that don't necessarily look like them um, and create allies. Um, I think that we're kind of bridging the gap in in a major way, especially in Miami-Dade County. We're so fortunate here. Um, this is a melting pot as it is. Uh, I grew up in this environment, so I know um, the cultures um, and, you know, through sports and through other outlets, it didn't matter what color you were, whether you were first pick or last pick. That's what mattered. Can you play or can you not play? And, um, you know, yeah, there was bullying and there were some other things going on that are still prevalent today. But. Um, Because of social media, everything now is is heightened, so everyone's more aware and hypersensitive to certain things. But some of the pitfalls that we have now have been there always. These are not new things. Racism didn't just automatically appear or become rampant. It's been always there. As a matter of fact, I think it's it's gotten better. Um, Obviously, we're not there yet, but we're definitely more in tune to it because we're able to now, in real time, see what's going on in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, You look at the George Floyd case, you know, if this happened in the 70s, 80s or 90s, would have been captured on on cell phone video? Uh, Probably not. So would we um, have all the police reform that we've had in the country over the last few years? Probably not. So um, I'm grateful for technology because it's it's improved the law enforcement profession as a whole and it's forced us to have these important conversations. So I love it.
0: And here we are on location in the city of Doral, Spot Barber Academy. Appreciate our host today. And as we think about relationships, I mean, growing up, it was in a barber shop where I had a lot of men who mentored me and we're gonna have one of the master barbers come in here and tighten you up here in a few minutes. It's only appropriate. No, you look good, you look good, but we're gonna tighten you up a little bit. But one of the things that's so important as we think about building relationships with law enforcement, we talked about, you know, again, racism and never giving up. Same thing with crime. Uh, So I love that, that alignment. But when we talk about building trust, within the law enforcement community. Uh, What what are some tips for parents, kids, and the local community?
1: Well, first and foremost, don't use cops as the boogeyman. Um, I remember um, as a young child uh, going to uh, the supermarket with my grandma, Um, she would hold my hand and point at the cop and say, if you misbehave, I'm sending you to the police officer. So I grew up with a genuine fear not through racism, you know, not through a personal experience, just simply because my grandmother utilized law enforcement to scare me as a child. So I grew up with a fear of the police. I mean, as a matter of fact, when I drive out of here, if a police officer gets behind me automatically, I I check my seatbelt, I slow down. And I'm a sitting chief of police, but I still have the same mindset um, and almost a flashback as to those teenage years when you start driving, when you're a young adult, um, what is it going to be if I get pulled over? at two in the morning, you know, how's that interaction gonna be? And this is just as a Hispanic you know, uh, kid in Miami-Dade County where it's predominantly Hispanic community. I can't imagine, that's why I love having this conversation with you as a black man, how is that? How are your experiences? And I think that that mindset, the ability to speak on those conversations has made me a better and more effective leader. So I, I just, I love this opportunity. Um, this reminds me of Coming to America with Eddie Murphy.
0: <laughs> my favorite scene. The barbershop scene. The, the, baby, the barbershop scene. Because it is it is a staple in the community. I love it. And whether it's talking trash, whether it's, you know, again, who's the best, who's the goat, uh, I mean, you name it, from boxing, basketball, it's so yep. uh, the barbershop holds a very special place. And that's why I wanted to be intentional and have this Juneteenth, 2023 conversation in a barbershop uh, with key leaders uh, and people that I know would just tell it straight. So I appreciate that about you. And to your point. Growing up as a black man and going into stores, and if I'm looking like this in a suit, uh, I'm like, I'm mindful of that. Why can't I go and just wear jeans and a T-shirt? I'm still gonna spend money, I got a job. But you think about things of that nature. I think about my kids, all my kids are driving now. Every single one of them, so whenever they leave the house, I'm thinking, okay, if you ever get pulled over, you know, let them know your daddy works with cops. Uh, I mean, I've given them so many different things. Be compliant, be respectful, but it's a two-way street when it comes to relationships as well. You've talked about parents, and I've heard parents do that, using police as the boogeyman, if you will. But also, we want to make sure that it's a two-way street in terms of talking to people. I've had interactions with police officers, some good, one really not so good. I could have died, had a gun to my head. I'll never forget that at age 18. So having authentic relationships, I could have made a choice to say, I'll never trust a police officer again. That was one person who made a decision that night. Afterwards, he didn't say, I'm sorry, just tied me on the back said say, at least you were safe tonight, and he drove off. That was traumatic at 18 years of age. That's why I'm thankful for folks like you, because I know your heart, but I know how you will train and encourage and expect from your officers as well. So how do we address that? So for folks that are saying, see, look at this situation, look at George Floyd. So how can I trust police officers? When you see something like that, what do you say to folks?
1: So it's a combination of things. First, lack of training. Um, officers weren't receiving uh, throughout the country, uh, in my opinion, the necessary skill set and training, um, both in the academy and professional development after you become a police officer. Uh, important as, as required to be successful in the job, the de escalation skills, the communication skills. But sometimes we see certain characteristics in police officers that you can't necessarily train, you know, the way you grew up, you know. Uh, There's there's certain characteristics there that I don't care what police academy you go to, I don't care what university, I don't care what type of training, if you're rotten to the core as a person, if you are racist, if you are a bad person, then you're going to obviously exhibit those behaviors in the profession. So the hiring practices, the screening to become a police officer, the folks in charge of hiring, what's their mindset, what's their belief system, what are their morals and values, what are their ethics? That's important as well. The gatekeepers, the folks who control who comes into the police department and who comes out to the police department. As a chief of police, I rely on my hiring team to bring me qualified candidates, but I'm involved in that process. I'm not in the office just waiting. I'm out there in the community recruiting, waiters at restaurants, teachers at schools, a pastor, people at church on a Sunday. The skill sets required to be an effective, good police officer are not always where you would think. The military, Breeds great men and women for this country. Make good police officers many times. But so does the custodian on the street or in a store. So does the waiter at a restaurant. So does the pastor's son. So does the teacher. They just need the right opportunity and someone to speak to them about serving in a different capacity. And many times, those are our best police officers.
0: I love that. Because they're talking about character. So before you put on your uniform, you're, you're Edwin Lopez. And so those traits that you've learned over time. Uh, and so you're a human being, and so that's what we want our littles uh, to reflect on as well. And speaking of reflect, let's go ahead and bring in. Let's go ahead and bring in our, our barber. Uh, come on in. Come on in. Now this is this is this is live Juneteenth. We can't be at the spot uh, Barber Academy and not have the chief looking leaving here looking ten years younger. So we're going to get you. We're going to get you set up, and uh, we're going to continue our conversation as well as we continue our conversation. And uh, Rodolfo, gracias, mi amigo. Uh, hola, hola. So I can get down a little bit too, Chief. <laughs> as we think about just the relationships, and we talk about barbershops, as you get tightened up here at the Spot Barber Academy here in Durrell, the city where you're the chief of police, our kids, I mean, we think about the, their mindset. And we've talked with experts on the mentality. Building that relationship, we've partnered for Bigs and Blue. You know, mentoring, having law enforcement officers serve as bigs. How important is that as part of your leadership, you know, the new, you've been in, you've been on the chief for about five months now, how important is Biggs and Blue to, and under your administration?
1: Oh, it's critical. It will be a staple in my, in my uh, leadership. Uh, my first uh, few months here, just taking a look at what we got. We have some amazing talent here in Doral. We have some officers that really fit the mold to be uh, mentors in the program. We have over 20 schools and we have an amazing park system here in the city of Doral that draws folks from not only Doral, but from the community. We have turf fields for playing soccer and and football. We have amazing indoor and outdoor basketball courts and community centers. Uh, The new city manager here was a former parks director. So she has a background and a vision for Doral that really fall in line with the Bigs and Blue program. So I'm excited to just collaborate. I'm excited for the future, and I'm excited for what's to come this summer. I'm really looking forward to it. We have a group of officers that really better step their game up because uh they have a lot They have big shoes to fill
0: and we we got we got a legacy and uh, now from a mentoring standpoint you talked about growing up and how the police were seen as boogeymen and all of that but outside of that who was that law enforcement uh, officer or maybe that just got you involved that inspired you because here you are now as chief of uh, chief of police
1: well i was already a cop when i really um, saw the impact of it and one of our, one of our former chiefs when I was in miami Day schools, Charles Hurley, um, brought the program uh, live to the Mammy Day schools probably over 15 years ago but his ability to mentor and relate to those kids in the inner city and being a white man, uh, seeing the bond that he created in the inner city with the black community for me um, really meant a lot. Um, I saw the impact that really transcended color I mean, color was just a barrier on the front end, but no matter the color, once you build that bond, um, I requested as a school resource officer almost 20 years ago to work in the inner city, which wasn't heard of in that time. And the bond that I built, I mean, the first month was rough because the kids didn't know what to expect from me. But but by the end of that year, when I was transferred to another assignment, those kids were crying. Those kids were crying. And that speaks volumes at the end of the day, when you connect with someone, not about color it's about what's in your heart and those kids saw that I was genuine I saw that they were genuine and they just didn't have the opportunity uh that I may have had growing up or that our kids have uh so that still drives me to this day and that's why coming to Doral um is so important to me to bring this program because I'm going to be able to kind of match the resources with the need and for me that's critical
0: I love how when we think about sports uh and shout out to uh former Chief Hurley uh I know his son is going off to LSU, quarterback. So you think sports, you think relationships, how sports has played a role in your life. Uh, Who was that sports uh, hero uh, or that athlete that really uh, did it for you from a mentality standpoint and work ethic?
1: Ken Griffey Jr., and let me tell you why. Ken Griffey Jr., so as a Cuban growing up in Miami-Dade County, baseball was... You know the main sport that that our parents you know kind of forced upon us even though i took a leg into other sports as well but baseball was my first love and ken Griffey jr was the first baseball player that i saw that wore his hat backwards so just seeing him in the home run derby and seeing him in practice with his hat backwards based on the way i was growing up in the community i was in i kind of i could relate to him so i as a kid wore seattle mariners you know fitted baseball cap backwards because of Ken Griffey. Now, I didn't look at Ken Griffey Jr. as, oh, that's a black man, I can't be like him. I just saw him as a baseball player, regardless of color. So that, looking back now at my youth, I thought, wow, that's something that was impactful for me growing up um, and as an athlete who who uh, came from, as a privileged kid, because his father was a, was, a, was a Major League Baseball player as well. So it wasn't an inner city kid necessarily I grew up on the poor side. Um, but he still was able to connect with a poor kid that was Cuban in Miami-Dade County. So for me, uh, I look back at that and and it really transcends uh, race, your community, uh, where you live. You didn't grow up in Miami-Dade County. So there was not much that we had in common, but yet looking at a hip hop, Ken Griffey with his hat backwards, uh, for me was appealing and uh, it motivated me that I can kind of reach, you know, some professional um, goals, uh, even from folks that were doing something that didn't look like me.
0: And I love how from sports to music? What was that go-to song growing up? Let's say you got your hat, hat on backwards and you're hitting baseball. What's on What's on the radio? What's on the cassette tape? Because you're not as young as you may look. What's on the cassette tape? Two Live Crew. Ah. Uh, <laughs> 80s and
1: 90s. Luke and 90s. Luke was from Miami, um, and that's what was bumping, you know, at the time. If you had, you know, a sound system in your car, regardless of the car, that's what mattered. It didn't matter if you had a, a bentley or a hyundai as long as you had you know a pair of bazookas in the back or a box with you know 12s and the trunk was rattling and true life crew was on or some other uh, some other mammy bass music that was was impactful memory. i look back and the parties and the hangouts that's what
0: we were listening to believe it or not but it's humanity music sports even law enforcement hanging out in a barber shop the, nat- the natural sounds of just the clippers and all that. Just real life conversations.
1: We have a lot more in common than we have differences. A, a ton of things. So that's why programs like the, the Bigs and Blue program really bridge that gap because as a father of a 7 and a 13 year old when I walk into a middle school or an elementary school I see my kids. I see the, addic- the addiction to the iPhones the addiction to social media the addiction to the tablets. I see that and It reminds me of my own kids, how they're growing up in that same environment. And my parenting changes as well, because I can't just look at them and go, what are you doing? Get off that, because that's all they know. So it changes our perspective. We have to kind of grow with them, um, knowing that the challenges that they are facing are different challenges that we are. That's why I look at you as a black man and go, hey, the challenges that you are experiencing raising young black kids is different from the challenges that I'm experiencing. I may be having some challenges that you can't relate, but there are a ton that I can't relate to that you are going through. And that's why we gotta have these conversations. Now, I'm very fortunate that I have friends and mentors like you um, that I can speak to, but many folks don't like having the uncomfortable conversations, and it's unfortunate. And as a police leader, my officers and I have to have these uncomfortable conversations so they can lead better on the community.
0: I cannot wait to stand before uh, your team uh, to highlight our relationship. Uh, because it's an example, it's, it's authentic, it's real, and it's intentional. And as we move forward, as we reflect on Juneteenth, as we move forward in 2023, we can look back and say, yeah, was yeah, slavery was real. We can't erase that. You know, racism is real, we can't erase that. Crime is real, we can't erase that. But what are we doing to make a positive change? And it's conversations like this, brother, that I absolutely appreciate. You taking time out, haircuts on me. <laughs> but thank you for your leadership and one last thing before we close out on this juneteenth for that parent that big that little that may say i don't i don't trust police officers get, what, what's your message on this june 19 2023 for them
1: just to give them a try give them a chance just give us an opportunity uh to have a conversation to sit down to learn a little bit about each other before you judge a whole group based on the actions of a few um, I think that, that resonates with me on a personal level, and I ask the community as well to so just give us an opportunity. You may have had a negative experience with, you know, with a cop or two or five, uh, but give us an opportunity. The, the profession as a whole is a good profession. Um, we have good people in law enforcement. Yes, we have some, some bad apples in every profession, uh, but we're doing something about it, and uh, we're a work in progress, but give us a chance.
0: That message resonates with me personally and professionally. Given a chance. June 19, 2023 freedom day the mentality give everybody you come into contact with a chance because when everybody says i'll be a positive difference you'll be a positive difference guess what we just gave humanity a chance june 19 2023 freedom day spot academy spot barber academy here in Doral. let's go